Hello, and welcome to Things That Make You Go Woo. I'm your host, Emily Barnard, also known as Emily and Her Stars. I'm a medium, an astrologist, an Akashic Records reader, an artist, and an all-around just silly and curious gal. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the things and people I find fascinating, funny, and inspirational. Things that I hope will certainly make you go woo, too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited because I have got my favorite tarot reader here, Miss Sophie from Signal of Spirit. And we are going to hash out sort of a preview of the energy that we're feeling coming up for 2022. This is all things astrology and tarot and our wacky predictions and just a chat for sort of what we think is coming up this coming year. So, Miss Sophie, welcome back today. Hi. How Thank are you? I'm Thanks good. Thanks for having me. Yep. I was not going to let you get away. Uh, <laughs> so... I want to talk about, of course, we're going to talk about 2022, but we can't really cover that until I think we kind of cover a little bit of where we've been because we like to, you and I, when we chit chat, we go over the numerology and the tarot energy of what a year Mm -h. is. So 2020 was the year of the emperor, right? It was a number four and it correlates to the emperor card. So kind of give everybody a rundown of what the emperor card was for 2020, just a quick sentence or two. Okay. Okay. So the emperor is very much a um, patriarchal father, very, um, and and patriarchal, I talk about like ruler, ruler kind of type thing, not so much like, you know, the modern, yeah, (laughs) the modern definition of patriarchy. Yeah. But, um, Think about someone uh, who rules kind of like a very stern, very Mm -hmm. serious. Um, 2020 was like, I think, a really big, serious time for a lot of us. It was when everything kind of screeched to a halt Mm -hmm. and we were kind of like stuck. And whether we wanted it to or not, there was a force bigger than all of us that was like, nope, this is what we got to do. And there was like um, almost like, a lot of multiple things that happened but the biggest thing was of course governments which Mm -hmm. was huge 2020 was a huge thing for government the election all of that stuff was during that time so it wasn't any surprise that the main focus would be on the rules and regulations of our society and then and then we hopped into 2021 okay which was um uh, which is a five and the five in tarot and the majors is the hierophant. Mm-hmm. And a hierophant is looked at as being kind of like a something or a person or an energy related to um, belief systems, religion, um, what we what we believe at the core of our being is true mm-hmm. about society, about our lives, about our loved ones, about who we are as people. And I feel like 2020 or 2021 was like the biggest like hierophant like showing of what side you're on who you right it was all about our beliefs do you believe in the vaccine do you believe in the virus do you believe in a mask yes you believe your kids should be in school do you believe we should be out I mean it was everything it was all about what and it still is we're gonna probably still see this with the 
the next year, which is the sixth year, but um, the belief systems that we carry are going to be now challenged with year six. Okay, so, so what saw- we're going to cover what is a six, and I pulled mm-hmm. up sort of just a generic numerology definition. So 2020 year is a year six of numerology. The number six is the embodiment of the heart. It represents unconditional love and the ability to support nurture and heal. It is a powerful force of compassion and empathy, and it's the light of hope. Oftentimes as humans, we are in our head, in our logic center. So for the next year, instead, how can you use your heart and soul to be in service for others? It's important to keep coming back to your heart. Yes. Yeah. So six in tarot is the lovers, which is Every it's one of one of the more uh, happier cards, I would say. Um, well, if it's right side up, of course. Um, <laughs> first, it can mean something a little different. Which actually, I would like to kind of do a little caveat because we are going. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but we are going into 2021 reversed Venus. Correct? 2022 or 2022. Sorry. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We're going into 2022. Yes. And Venus is in retrograde. And this is not super common. You know, Venus only goes into retrograde once every about 18 months. It started here December 12th, and it is going to last until January 29th. So this is really asking us to review where we stand with our relationships and money. And I do yes. think that's a theme for the entire yes. year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so the lovers is always something about what your heart wants. It's not so much focused more on the mind, but more of what you feel like as, as your soul and your emotions and your heart wants um, to get through things. So one of, so we're looking at relationships, we're looking Mm -hmm. at, um, which I believe would probably be a big focus, especially with a lot of the stuff that has happened the past two years. Um, and from what I'm seeing from like stories on like the social media platforms and stuff, just like I'm having these strained relationships with my families because our belief systems are different and that's a huge play into this. So, and even with Venus retrograde, um, a lot of relationships seem to get challenged at this point. Right. Right. Where there's a lot more, um, challenging aspects to being with someone familial relationships friendships all this stuff so what the lovers going in if the venus is in retrograde i would kind of play it as the lovers being reversed okay that makes sense so reversed it would be like what is it that i truly want and is it really what i want does that make sense (laughs) yeah what do i want and do Mm -hmm. i really want it why do i want it Yes. And it's also analyzing like, what are these patterns that I have? So I really want something, but I'm not changing. So what is holding me back? What what do I keep doing mm-hmm. that um, is not getting me to like where I want to be in my life? Right. And it's a lot of introspection. And I think every person um, hopefully will go through a point in their life. It's, it's really hard, but we'll go to a point in their life where they're in relationships with people and they are finally understand themselves um, and love themselves enough that they understand what they really want in another person. If that's something they even want, because there are people who are, are perfectly happy without 
um, you know, maybe having a cat and that's okay too. And sometimes you have to learn, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to learn, like maybe this isn't what I really wanted. Society mm-hmm. doesn't have to tell me I need to be this. So we're seeing with the hierophant belief systems where you have to be this way, you know, this is what we believe. If you don't believe this, you're the other thing. Right. So the lovers will say, this is what my heart wants. Does it fit with my belief systems? Mm-hmm. Yes or no. And we were talking about this beforehand a little bit too. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is the lack of love. And the lack of love is grief. And so I do feel very strongly that a big theme for 2022 is going to be grieving the fact that things aren't going back that this is a new reality in some ways. Mm-hmm. Also grieving the loss of, of, of family members, grieving yeah, the yeah. loss of, I, I, there's just so many things. I mean, the list is exhaustible. <laughs> Go mm-hmm. on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to keep in mind that at each one of these comes with two sides, like you said. And yeah. I do think yeah. even with the holidays this year and Venus in retrograde, there is a level of, grief in some ways yeah yeah it was uh for me personally it was a very weird feeling I had for the holidays where it didn't quite feel I celebrate Christmas so it wasn't quite Christmasy Christmasy enough for me mm-hmm. and I don't know why I didn't feel that way but I really think it was the loomingness of of stuff happening and mm-hmm. um not anything bad per se but maybe just the tiredness yeah. Of everything happening um and the fact that you know we never I mean I had family members who passed away wasn't able to attend funerals and funerals are such a great way to express your grief mm-hmm. to gather with your family to remember the person to uh, in my family we always laugh and tell the funniest stories about them we have big meals after a funeral and so it didn't happen this year and it felt so weird to not be able to relinquish my grief that way that I even to think celebrate I yeah, yeah to celebrate their yeah. life to honor them to allow the grief a, a channel <laughs> yes yeah so I really think that um empathy is going to be big um grief is going to be big um relationships are going to be big and whether relationships with um anything anything relationships with friends family institutions Mm -hmm. with uh, where you are at in the world um these sort of feelings of how do I um relate to this or that is going to be a big big thing and then really shedding and take and and not incorporating the stuff that doesn't serve serve Mm -hmm. us this Mm -hmm. year I think there was so much emphasis put on the great resignation last year and all of the people that decided I am not going to do this job for the rest of my life that I hate. I'm going to do what I want to do and how I really feel institutions in some way this year are going to have to grieve (laughs) the fact that they are not going to be able to run on the systems that used to work for them. And interestingly enough with, and we'll get into this a little bit further down the road, but with the North node moving into Taurus, we're having this whole push for um, new ways to look at agriculture, new ways to look at our food systems. Are we going to have, 
you know, is all of our food now going to be prepared by robots? It may be because maybe we're yeah. not going to have enough people to work yeah. in restaurants anymore. And that's okay. We can evolve as a society and decide right. that's okay. We don't have to have an actual person do it, but right. you know, that's a big step. And how is that? Yeah. It, there's yeah. so many no, pieces I totally, to that. <laughs> I see that too. I mean, cause we see it with um, the environmental crisis too mm-hmm. and people being, and here's where the empathy plays in empathy for people who work nine to fives and get paid minimum wage. Right. You have to have empathy to think, Hey, maybe they need a little bit more that it's not the 1950s anymore. You know, <laughs> having empathy towards, Hey, maybe, um, you know, there's different ways of doing things agriculturally that can benefit all of us. I mean, I think we were talking before we started about going into the age of Aquarius, which Aquarius is very much the human. I am an Aquarius and a Taurus and an Aries are my top three. So Aquarius sun, a Taurus rising and an Aries moon. So my Aquarius is all about the greater good humanity, um, I am like cold on the surface, but inside I am a boiling hot, like, <laughs> like raging, like humanitarian. <laughs> so I'm, uh, yeah. So uh, I really think that one of the things that we're realizing is in order to have, we have to tap into what it means to have a heart, to what it means to be in the lover's card in order to make progress and to change, mm-hmm. or in order to repair relationships, in order to get past all the grief, to get past everything that we as a collective have been going through for the past like two years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gonna, it's, yeah. We've That's all been touched in one way or another, and to have empathy for one another. Just, I mean, I (laughs) I was at Walgreens today. Um, My husband's got a cold and I was getting some um, Robitussin for a sore throat. But the poor woman working at the counter, bless her heart, she um, was getting phone call after phone call after phone call because the Walgreens website was down and people couldn't place their orders. (laughs) Right? And she hung up the phone and she said, you know, at least the people on the phone are being nice. Like they understand there's nothing I can do. This is at corporate and higher. I'm doing the best I can. And I said, you know, bless your heart for at least, you know, making it through work today with all of that going on on a Monday. And I said, I see you. I appreciate you. Right. (laughs) I hope your day gets better. Yeah, and who knows what she has going on at home too as a human. We have so we're so complex. I think we forget how complicated we are. Um, being on social media has the ability to just see a profile and just think this person is black or white and that's mm-hmm. it. But we tend to forget that there's levels to our humanity and there are days where we feel one way. And then there are days we don't like I get super angry and really upset at people, but it's because I didn't eat or, you know, I didn't (laughs) sleep, you know, and then the next day I'm like, oh, you know, I really think that person was probably in the same boat I was where they didn't eat or sleep and felt overworked, underappreciated, you know, sad, grieving too, you know, that's what I want 2022 to be is the idea of moving forward with more empathy for one another and embracing the lovers. So yeah, we just wanted to start out the episode to kind of give you that basis of sort of the overall arching theme for the year. Um, 
I do think it's also, <laughs> I would call it the new normal. <laughs> Embracing yes. the new normal. Yes. yes. Um, is also kind of a theme. So moving into January from an astrological standpoint, we um, of course have Mercury in retrograde right off the bat, uh, starting, gosh, the 14th of January. And I, it can sometimes be everybody's like least favorite sentence, Mercury in retrograde. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on you top of it, we're going to have Venus in retrograde at the same time. Oh so my God. not only are our communications and our mindset's going to need a review, but our love, our money, our values are going to yes. get a review. So I really feel like we're going to be raring to charge out of the gates, right? We've just come out of Sagittarius season. We've got all these great ideas. We've got inspiration. We've got yeah. books we want to read, goals we want to make, changes we want to do. We're going to hit Capricorn season, which we have now, and we're going to hit <laughs> this Mercury and Venus retrograde and everything's going to kind of screech to a halt a little bit. It's just going to feel like it's, you're going to have to work a little bit extra hard to make any progress, but it, you really aren't meant to make progress during these times. No. You're really meant to revisit, rethink, re review all of the rewords. Give yourself the time to slow down. It's okay. Capricorn season is about moving a little bit slower, moving with intention. And the retrograde energy from both of these are asking us to revisit and rethink our communication, our mindset, our love, our money, our values. So take the time with the darkness and the cold. And if winter ever gets to the Midwest this year, <laughs> yes, where we are, please. we had zero snow. It's the longest we've oh ever gone gosh, without a measurable so snow. Um, mm -hmm. But I really want to take January and not so much think I'm going to start bashing these goals right out of the gate, but sit with what I want my goals to even be. So that's, yeah. I think, a big big theme for January. Yeah. What are oh, you getting? So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to first start with like two things. One, I am a Mercury retrograde baby. So I was born in a retrograde. So I don't know what that means. They still hit me like a ton of bricks. So don't let anyone <laughs> tell you that just because you were born in a retrograde makes it easier because it doesn't at all. Um, the other thing is um, one thing I wanted to touch on that you had just said was with about slowing down. Mm -hmm. um, the lover's card also exudes this, um, I feel like there's this joy that you feel when, especially like if you start a relationship or if you find something you love to do or the excitement and the um, willingness just to enjoy as opposed to like worrying about I have to schedule this in or this is something that I'm going to put in it's going to be very different from the energy that we felt the past two years where you may get lost in a sunset for five hours you may enjoy bike rides again you may find that hiking in the mountains is something that you know, with your best friend or something is something you start doing more because you're trying, it's all about finding that joy and stuff that makes you like fall in love with things again. Right. That's I, my goal. I love fall that. Fall in love with something next year, please. Everybody <laughs> fall in love with something. Make sure it's good for you. Make sure it feeds your soul. 
but just fall in love with it. Well, and another thing, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but I will just plug it in here quickly. Neptune, so the co-ruler of Pisces, Neptune is moving through Pisces. This only happens once every 164 years, and it's happening in January. So this is exactly the time where, I mean, this is the birth of incredible music and art and the opportunity for all sorts of new artistic explosion of things to happen. So it's really, really good to sink into that energy in January. Well, so like Pisces energy is very dreamy, um, very unhinged, (laughs) if I can use that word, where we have the two fish swimming opposite directions. Mm -hmm. So it's always like, there's always so much stuff that we can do. And then Neptune is basically the space cadet, I feel like, of the planets where it just puts you in this other realm of like existentialism and like, wait, what is this? So oh yeah I could see that especially with having it as a lover's year too like just really getting into these deep deep emotional places that hopefully will bring really like more light more love into you into your soul yeah so okay I'm gonna pull a card for January and I've been shuffling the whole time you've been talking, Emily. <laughs> I can hear him in the background. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do the cool shuffle that the ones on uh, the tarot readers on TikTok do. I can't do it. I think my hands are too small. So, okay. And um, we'll put the pictures of these up um, Yeah. in the post oh, so people yeah, yeah, can yeah. see the cards later on. Okay, so the Ten of Pentacles. Ten of Pentacles is um, a card that talks about um, the older gentleman in the card represents Odysseus, who um, was out returning to the domestic world from being out into the wild. And he is um, dressed in beggar's clothes and no one recognizes him as the warrior except for the two dogs that Athena had given to him. So it's basically how he's coming in, getting rid of all the evil in his house and reestablishing order once again. So like, if you think about kind of like, is it King Arthur? with a sword in the stone mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. it comes through like the hero's journey basically of regaining the like finding the strength within you through trials and tribulations and coming through and persevering and then coming back not as the you know the page who pulled the sword from the stone but as king arthur or like as odysseus coming back to this uh, place where he can, he has all this knowledge now. Does that make sense? Essentially, we've survived the last two years. <laughs> we we're are the ones in rags. We're coming yeah, back we're from the wild. From the wild. <laughs> yeah, and we're coming back with this. So in this sense, I do believe the Ten of Pentacles may not just be financial and career, but also wisdom. Mm-hmm. So the riches of wisdom and having that experience that we had the past two years coming back in January and being like, we are wiser. We know what we kind of want to strive for and we're here to make it happen. That's mm-hmm. what I think this card represents for January. I think that's spot yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And spending that time, you know, going over 
what you want out of yes out of the year especially yeah yeah all right well moving on to february we're gonna have a little bit of a slow start because we've of course got mercury still in retrograde until the fourth and then as it stations direct we will have a shadow period of about a week before it gets moving forward again um it's a good month in general. I like the energy of February. We've got lots of Capricorn placements. So we've got lots of. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. It's, it's going to be good with the card I drew then. Lots of power to, you know, organize and build. And it's sort of the energy that we didn't have in January to like bust out the organization supplies and get moving. I'm going to have more of that in February. Um, we're also going to have this beautiful um, energy between Jupiter and Uranus on the 17th, where we're going to have, you know, the sort of this energy it's one of the best times to take action and walk through an open door so jupiter is expansion and uranus is all about change so it's that exciting motivation that we will be able to see the change coming um the other thing we've got that i wanted to hit on real quick um Venus and Mars are going to be moving together. So your actions are going to be aligned with what you love and what you value. Mm-hmm. And they will actually meet in the skies and conjunct on February 16th under a full moon of romantic Leo. So that's some, that's some big, exciting energy. That's really where your actions are going to be just mm-hmm. on fire. Literally You're going to be mm-hmm. lit up for going in the direction you want. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the big energies I wanted to hit on for February. What card are you pulling? Okay, so we're, we have a theme, uh, Two of Pentacles. Oh, so interesting. The two of Pentacles is a, a jester-type character who has a, a loop with two pentacles in each side, and the loop represents uh, like the infinity sign, and then on each of the open ends of the infinity sign is like the two of the two pentacles so he's looks like he's kind of juggling in the background there's some giant waves happening yeah and and ships are kind of cresting the waves but more like in kind of like a the it's very like a playful looking the lines are very expressive in the card so water tarot has is very um can tell you a lot from the pictures there's nothing in the cards that is just there for decoration. Like this stuff is everything put in there was specifically put in there for a reason. So the waters always represent emotions and um, the boats represent, you know, maybe like overcoming emotions and, and, and being able to crest those waves and go over them. So the two pentacles are, yeah, the two pentacles is um, one where it's a concept of balance. So, which is funny when you talked about Capricorn energy, because there's very much this precarious um, situation where you're trying to balance things, where you're trying to um, control your outcomes. Um, it also Capricorns and earth energy and so are pentacles. Um, two of pentacles, we see a juggler who's kind of trying to keep everything in the air, um, but he's, not upset about it it's not like one of the cards where it feels overwhelming it's very much a playful card um more of like a dancing more of like just having a good time uh the so 
what this card really represents is going into February, um, there's gonna be ways for you to accomplish what you want, but it doesn't always have to be under the energy of um, seriousness and we have to get it done, we have to get it done. There are a lot of lessons that are learned in playing. I have a toddler. My toddler learns directly <laughs> through play. He yeah. has learned so much stuff through playing. If I were to sit him down and try and get him to recite numbers and letters, no. If we pretend the numbers are monsters that are coming to get us, he learns them all within an hour. So play is going to be really important in February. Um, pleasure, uh, amusement. Leo, the sign of the full moon, Leo is all yes. about play playfulness that childlike wonder again with leo too mm -hmm. so teaches we have to pay attention to lessons that may come across when we're having a good time when we're being playful when we're enjoying our life those are the lessons we're going to need to really learn in february is um through play through joyfulness even spiritual development can happen when you're playing I, I, I know you've done mediumship exercises where it's fun. Those ones that are super fun where yeah. you guess something or you yeah. play a game. Mm -hmm. So much fun. Rather than trying to sit there and box yourself in and be like, this is how it's done. Yeah, that's the whole message is to just be playful with it. But also be mindful enough that you don't drop those pentacles, mm -hmm. but still have fun with it. And so the idea of uh, coming out of determining what our motivation, our action, our love yes. and our values even are. And now that we know, nurturing them, figuring yes. out how to turn them into what we want and having fun with it, right. because it is, of course, our, our greatest mm -hmm. desires. I mm -hmm. love that. My suggestion too would be if you're in February, if you're in a position where things are not working out or things are not um, progressing as you want, try to change it up and make it into a game, make it into something playful, make it try and think of it in a perspective of a person who maybe is younger, like a kid or like something like that. I don't know how you would do it, but that's just my advice is to just, <laughs> just think of it with, I, with a kid brain and not yeah. a grown up brain. I love that. That's going to help. Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on to March. Um, yes. March is probably my favorite month of 2020, 20, uh, from an astrological okay. standpoint. <laughs> Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Um, we've got four planets in Aquarius in March. Oh, and love it. so really all of this energy, <laughs> right? This is an incredible combination that's going to create the energy and talent to take an old idea, right? Which is Saturn's the old idea and add a new twist, which is what we've got with Uranus. So Saturn oh and Uranus gosh. are huge there in Aquarius. Um, we've then got um, Mercury and, or no, who have we got? We've then got Venus and Mars as well flying through Aquarius at the same time. Oh so this is God. just going to be super exciting. This is the month to say yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Put your mm -hmm. ideas and plans mm -hmm. into action. Invent, you know, come up with a new way to play the game. Um, another big thing we've got this month, uh, v well, of course, Venus and Mars are in Aquarius and They've already been together in Capricorn. They're actually going to go into Aquarius on the same day on March 5th. So that's really fun and kind of a, a rare oh event God. for them to do it literally back to back together. Um, 
the moons this month, so the new moon on March 2nd is actually going to be um, conjunct with Jupiter. So that's a beautiful, expansive energy. And it's also at the same time um, sextile to Uranus. So what does that mean? That's in harmony. So we've got Jupiter and Uranus, which is the planet of, again, rebellion and change. They're they're helping each other. It's a beautiful, harmonious oh. opportunity to make some change with that full moon. And then the, um, or with the new moon, excuse me, the full moon on the 18th is lining up with a trine in Pluto. And so that energy is a little bit more, it's also healing in a way. It's like a full moon that is going to allow you to release things in an easier way. You're going to be like, no, I know that this path or this, whatever this is that I need to let go of, it's okay to let go of it because what I've got coming is better and bigger. And I've already got all these plans and dreams coming into place. So there are actually more good days in March than there are bad. The the worst of the days are just kind of towards the end of the month, the 22nd, 28th. Um, but other than that, it's going to be, it's going to be good. We do have, I will say towards the end of the month, the 22nd, I wanted to talk about Mars is um, square Uranus. So this is a lot of tension <laughs> between uh, sort of that fiery action and motivation and that rebellion. So that uh, is coming in at the end of March too, when yeah. we're already in Aries season. So we're going to yeah. feel again, probably, I would imagine there's going to be issues in the schools. Um, March and April, when Ooh. we hit Aries season is usually when we get a lot of um, unfortunate shooting events and that sort of thing in the schools. So I would say as we run into Aries season, it's going to be a little more difficult, just something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but it is going to be a fun beginning of the month. You're going to actually kind of see payoff for putting your actions into, into motion. All right. So tell me what card are you getting? I got chills. Chills. <laughs> is that a card? <laughs> I have. It, it is now my new card called chills. <laughs> chills. Um, no. I got the fool. Ooh. The fool is basically, okay. So the fool is zero in tarot in the major arcana. So okay. those of you who aren't familiar with the tarot, I just talked about the fool with a 10 card with the two little white dogs. Well, the fool is a gesture type character again. In the, in the corner is that bright shining sun and he is walking looking up at the sky and a little white dog is behind him as he walks towards a cliff and basically the fool in the tarot symbolizes the beginning of the journey it is luke skywalker before he's a jedi it's you know um it's when uh um oh what's her name from uh hunger games when she oh. volunteers as tribute. Cat. When Katniss volunteers as tribute. It's yeah. the beginning of that journey that's going to lead you onto something. This card is one of the best cards and one of the scariest cards. <laughs> scariest because you're taking a leap. You're being courageous. You're, it's a, as assuming, like, or not assuming, but understanding the energy astrologically this would be a really good time to start something mm -hmm. to um have a, to trust our guts and trust our emotions 
rather than what our minds may have us doubt about ourselves. The Fool is all about just trusting yourself and having faith that where you're going is going to be the right direction. So here's where we start seeing that lover's card play in where it's away from the mind and into the heart with the Fool. Yeah, I think that lines up pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... Oh my goodness what okay let's start it march it is all right yes. so then we move into april and april april has some interesting energy i will say uh the biggest thing coming up on the 12th we have this um let's see we've got jupiter and neptune conjunct in pisces conjunct means they're at the same point in the sky they're overlapping each other if you looked up they would basically be on top of each other from our point of view so jupiter conjunct neptune and pisces right this is magnifying the unknown and this is sort of the start of a new 13 year cycle of having neptune and pisces and this is going to really like i talked about at the beginning in january this is going to be sort of a cultural shift this is really a place where we're probably going to see new art a new film new music new fashion something is going to come out that's going to be new and different um but later in the month we have um Mars entering into the scene and it's going to just kind of add some complications because Mars makes it's it's not that it's always anger right but it it Mm -hmm. tends to give people um maybe more what's the word tends to give people more um passion than is maybe necessary more courage than is necessary. Mm -hmm. And so this could cause some complications, whether this is maybe another wave or is this Mm -hmm. some sort of um, new motion with vaccines, whatever it is, that's going to kind of be an interesting point in in April. Um, There's a really good opportunity with all of this Pisces energy to be dreamy and excited and sort of pushing the boundaries with art and what feels good. But we also kind of need to keep what feels good in check and to not Mm -hmm. let it run away. If you find yourself drinking too much or if you find yourself escaping too much, make sure you take that time to ground back down into reality because Aries energy until we get a little bit of that Taurus (laughs) later is also going to fuel the flames, right? It's also going to encourage you to run away with dreams and ideals that may not actually be grounded in truth. Chills again. (laughs) So that is my astrological forecast for Sophie. So um, can I just tell you, as an Aries moon and also having an Aries husband, um, the Aries energy is, I feel like it's it's one, like, as in with great power comes great responsibility kind of thing. I'm it. an Aries rising, so, I understand that. You have an Aries, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So that the, the passion and the emotion is there, but when unchecked, becomes mm-hmm. rage and hostility <laughs> or when hungry when hungry becomes oh rage and hostility. well and because yeah. i think there's that passion behind the idea there's so much excitement and like mm-hmm. i think the beauty of an aries and a fire energy is to be able to 
see, be inspired and already see the end result. So we yes. know that it needs yeah. to happen because we can see how mm -hmm. it's going to affect change. Mm -hmm. However, where we want it to happen instantaneously is where we run right. into trouble. Because the, uh, impatience mm -hmm. in the cardinal signs is how it is. The starters of, you guys are the fire starters, right? Of the right. Zodiac. Did you yeah. get me in there? Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, okay. Okay, start that section over again. We got we had weird. a glitch. Okay. We had a glitch in the matrix. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we did have a glitch in the matrix. Okay, so Aries is like the fire starters of the. I call them the fire starters because they're cardinals, cardinal signs, fire energy. So there's a lot of starting it, but not a lot of how do we continue it and how do we end it. Mm -hmm. and get to the end point and that's a lot of what we're I not interested in doing the work to get to that point <laughs> we just want to have it done yeah i thought about it it should be manifested immediately yeah. and i am super impatient and we need to get it done now mm -hmm. so yeah so totally see that as um i lost my thought sorry edit that out just edit it out i don't have a thought um so anyways okay so i have chills I have chills from what you're saying because I pulled the page of wands. Ooh. Okay. So page of wands um, from, so for April, this wands um, is fire. The element for wands is fire, which is interesting. <laughs> and also because it's always the start of something, wands always are like, like the start, the growth. So the card, I'll just talk about the card since we're not visually seeing it. It's um, a page which is um, underneath a knight. So it's a young man with a hat and a robe and he's holding a staff and he's looking at the staff and the staff has little green leaves growing on it. And behind him are three little mountain ranges. He's kind of like in a desert area looking up at his staff. Um, and the page represents kind of like the students or the learner, not necessarily the master yet, but the start of something where we're, we find ourselves a novice. Um, let's see, it can mean that it's, it was interesting because you talked about starting projects mm -hmm. or starting things. It indicates starting something <laughs> and announcements to the world. So announcing something, something's coming. It's when you, um, when you project that energy into creating something new, um, it could mean a messenger or a message or info, um, a specific message or information, new information coming through. Um, it could signify to ourselves that we're ready to start something. So as the fool was in March, now we're getting ready for the journey. Does that make sense? Like it the does. thought was there and now it's coming to fruition in physical form. Mm -hmm. So now we're, we, the fool is our thought form of going, of taking the leap. Now we're, you know, making our list, packing our bags, booking the airline tickets and getting up and going with the page. So that's what would ultimately be like the progression of it. Um, mm -hmm. It also talks about, so when you were talking about, um, was it Mars coming in to kind of mess things up too, right? Right. Kind of through them. So Towards the end the, of the month, yeah, we get kind of a punch from Mars. So there is 
a possibility that as you start this journey, something complex, an opposition or something could possibly interrupt your momentum to get going. But of course, through the hero's journey, it's not a hero's journey until there's an obstacle to block your way to get through to it. So that's what I'm really feeling like with this card for April is that this is going to be our first like roadblock and it'll be like the make or break, like the sink or swim, like is this, and this is where the lover's card comes in too. You may start something, think this is a project that you really wanted to go to, boom, opposition comes in through Mars, right? Is it worth fighting for? real back and being like, maybe I didn't want to do this in the beginning. This is where you really need to listen to your heart and listen to what you really want. And that, that will be kind of like your compass through this. Oh, that's a hundred percent. Because again, I had an end of the month thing I failed to bring up, but the solar eclipse and new moon is on April 30th. So we're going to enter eclipse season here at the very tail end of April and into May. And we've got it in Taurus. So again, love and money. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a theme this year. Yeah. Definitely. Love and money. That's all I've been pulling is, you know, passion, love, Mm -hmm. pentacles. Okay. May. May is... It's my birthday month. I don't want to hate on May, but oh. it is a mixed master this year. Oh, okay. <laughs> and my biggest advice is schedule the important stuff early in the month. Okay. Um, there's good things that happen at the beginning of the month, right? We've got this extremely positive aspect when Jupiter is going to make this beautiful connection to Pluto, um, in a sextile, but it's, it's going to allow for beautiful change. And, you know, this is really a great time if you're going to do any medical or sort of dental procedures, it's a great time, but it's also a really great time for miracles because Jupiter can make exciting joy, abundance, growth, and Pluto can make it happen instantly. So this is, you know, you may have given up on your dream or thought that something was going to change at the end of April. And then bam, you really could be hit with a miracle in May. So something to keep in mind for the beginning of the month. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just squealing because I, I pulled the card already. So I'm like, okay. okay. Um, where we start to run into some trouble is we are going to have a re- retrograde cycle this month and Mercury is going to go into retrograde. It's going to start in Gemini which is where it's at home. And so this is going to make, you know, some communication issues, some confusion, just uh, that, that frustration of when things don't necessarily Mm -hmm. go right. But what it's going to do is it's going to back into Taurus on the 22nd. So I would expect a couple of things. Um, Retrograde in Gemini, Gemini rules air and wind. It's possible we're going to have some big windstorms or tornadoes, something of that um, in May. But also then backing into Taurus, watch out for, you know, your finances. This is 
you know, they were already through tax season, but has your return showed up or, you know, mm. did something kind of wonky oh, happen? Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Keep an eye on things with that. And then the other thing that's really big this month is we've got Venus, Mars, and Jupiter all in Aries. So that fiery energy mm. we were just talking about is literally following our action, our love, and then it's being expanded by Jupiter. So you're going to really feel a blast of like this fire and this energy of wanting to do things that you haven't done before. Now, this could be really good for some of us. And mm-hmm. it could also be scary if there's people out there that get lit up by this fire and decide to do things they maybe shouldn't do. Um, right. The only other kind of fun thing, we've got Venus. Um moving into Taurus towards the end of the month. That will be great. And then, of course, you know, there's some other... There's some other bits and pieces that I'm not as... I'm not a doomsday astrologist. So I don't like to look at this and say, you know, well, things are happening in the sky that happened with the founding of our nation and so obviously our nation is going to fall I don't think that way so I'm just going to kind of I'm going to hesitate on the next pieces of this puzzle just for a little bit until you talk about what card you pulled and kind of where we move forward in June and July okay so what I pulled was uh, the four of cups so the four of cups is a young man sitting underneath a tree He's looking kind of apathetic and kind of uh, contemplating three cups in front of him. And then out of the sky with a little cloud is a fourth cup, but he doesn't see it because he's focusing on the three cups in front of him. So that is the four of cups. Now, um, so with the four of cups, what I can say with this card going into May is that I feel like we might be looking at things the way we've always looked at them when there is another possibility, like you said, a miracle mm-hmm. or a possibility that could be coming in there that would lead us to where we want to go or who we want to be. But we have to get past the fact that it has always been this way and it will always be this way. So apathy, um, let's see, we're looking at everything as worthless or boring or um, nothing is worth doing, nothing's worth getting up for, basically kind of like this low-key low depression <laughs> symptoms, you know, of like there's nothing worth fighting for anymore, you know. Um, that will lead us to not recognize opportunities and miracles when they do happen. So, trying to get out of the mindset we have been in probably for the past two years I'm gonna say mm-hmm. and maybe trying to break out of that by realizing that it's not always gonna be this way and it won't always be this way um let's see yeah just a, there's new possibilities new things are offered there's new relationships there's more out there than just what we perceive because we're going through something you know what we've been going through the past few years so this is really going to be one of those where if you're not if you don't if you get lost in your emotions mm-hmm. you may not you may not see the opportunities that are available and with retrograde that's exactly that idea of coming back mm-hmm. to yeah rethink 
what yeah. do we think what's going on it I think a big part of what will be interesting in May is we'll have all of this drive and passion fueling us to move forward mm -hmm. and you hit that retrograde energy and it stalls everything out and it's mm -hmm. going to feel super frustrating and like you're kind of beating your head against the wall mm -hmm. and not getting anywhere but truly take that slow down for what it is and allow yourself the break because I think by right. May some of us could be reaching a little bit of um, burnout for lack of a better right. word from all which of this passion and excitement that's been coming yeah. in which is exactly what this card represents it's like total burnout where you've been looking at these three cups forever and you don't see like the fourth possibility coming towards you that's literally in the heavens <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like right there you yeah. know and um yeah so definitely be aware that other possibilities are available in in may than what you're assuming is just your options oh that's pretty good okay well so june okay i think after we get through may there's some interesting energy that does come up the rest of the year but i feel like things are going to flow kind of in a different way i feel like may is going to be very pivotal in some ways yes um but in june we've got kind of a rare alignment with saturn so Saturn is going to be at 25 degrees of Aquarius and in retrograde. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we're going to have Neptune at 25 degrees in Pisces. <laughs> and what happens is you get these water and these air signs and they don't always understand each other. They water and air tends to make steam and you can't see where you're going when you get steam and fog and it just sort of slows everything down. Mm -hmm. So where you may feel stressed or frustrated, like we said, that, that you weren't moving forward coming out of retrograde, things are going to be a little bit slow at the beginning of the month. But by the time Mercury heads out by June 3rd and gets moving again, things will start to feel better. Um, Mars and Jupiter are still going to be in Aries. So that's still going to give us plenty of that passion and drive to move forward and, and really start new stories and initiate, like if you came up with a new idea, why, while things were slowed down, um, you're going to have the, the drive behind you still to make progress with it. Yeah. Um, we are also going to have kind of a fun little crazy day when um, Mercury, when it sort of stops and stations direct before it starts moving forward again, it's actually going to okay. be doing it with Saturn and Neptune. So that's again where we're going to get this responsibility, but mm. also dreams, mm -hmm. but also wanting to talk about it and communicate. It's such an interesting combination of planets. Can it I is. And Aquarius and Pisces. And it's, mm -hmm. I, I do feel like this is a lot of science. I feel like there's going to be some um, you know, Pisces and Aquarius are so driven on making sure that our culture and our um, collective is healthy and moving forward. And I do think that that is kind yeah. of the energy coming forward. Um, other than that, we've got the sun kind of getting into the party um, on a with a square in Neptune mid month, and yeah, kind of a little bit more. Um, trouble with finances but other than that it's not too bad mm -hmm. there's really no terrible days that I tell you to throw up the red flag and stay home <laughs> right that's good yeah <laughs> okay so I pulled the ace of pentacles for June 
the ace of pentacles yes we are pentacle heavy which we is are. what finances <laughs> uh that venusian energy that we see with mm-hmm. you know the lovers too so um so There's the ace like of pentacles gate oh, in yeah, the garden the, again the gate in the garden and if you notice i'm just gonna pull these up for you to see emily and i'll i'll just take them to you so here's the gate in the garden from the time from january mm-hmm. which um also i should point out um odysseus playing the like the uh bigger person um in this card when in reality there's like a, a magic that's hidden mm-hmm. like a, a truth or something that's hidden um, in this one, in the Four of Cups, we see the hand coming out of the air again to offer up a cup that was, is the, the, the person sitting underneath not focusing on it. It's hidden to him because he's, you know, looking at it, not with his, he's not seeing the full picture. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Ace of Pentacles, which is the hand, which is a giant pentacle in, in a hand coming out from the heavens. And there are, um, well, this one doesn't have it, but um, there's usually what's called yods, which um, tarot is very heavily influenced or incorporates a lot of Kabbalah um, symbols. So yod is like like gifts from God kind of things. And there's the gate um, in the, and then underneath the hand is a little garden gate leading into the garden again, which is where we had seen Odysseus from January. Okay. So the tarot is giving us a story of next year um, where basically magic is hidden this year. It is not going to be these great big strikes of like like things that I think people are thinking is going to happen. I really think it's going to, we're going to find amazing things and really mundane stuff, mm-hmm. which in, in reality with the lover's card too, like when you do fall in love with somebody, it's not like these big grand gestures of love all the time. It's like the way they look at you or the way they eat their food, or it's like these really mundane things that sometimes you fall in love with first. So oh, the ace of Yeah. The ace of pentacles is um the gift of the earth, nature, wealth, security, joyful life. Um oh, I'm sorry, there are no yods falling in this one. There are yods in the other ones that are falling. But because there are no yods falling from heaven in this one. It symbolizes that the earth in its completeness and solid reality bears its own magic. So there's no need for God to inter- inter- interject in here because there is magic within itself. Um, so this card, finding magic in normal things in both the natural world and civilization. So it really is, I really think this might be something to do with environmentalism this month. Mm-hmm. Um, just come from April with that, we might be seeing innovations in that, especially you said, or maybe new ideas with Neptune and Pisces and maybe stuff that seems real outlandish, mm-hmm. but in reality could be really feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, also like there's a really big sense of protection with the garden gate too um maybe using that information 
because essentially that's what we would be doing with any kind of environmental thing would be trying to preserve, protect um, what's happening in the world right now. Um, <laughs> this also symbolizes kind of like the Four of Cups that when we're ready to receive this kind of energy and this kind of like miracles, blessings, whatever you call it, um, that it's always there. We just need to be ready to receive it. So a lot of this is like, are we ready to accept this gift? And this is where that soul searching kind of lover's card again, like, are we ready? Are we ready to do whatever this blessing is coming upon us? Are we ready to receive it? If not, we might be back in the four of cups, kind of contemplating, being apathetic, not really seeing the gift, you know, that is being handed, handed to us because we're so overwhelmed with what we've we're, we've stuck ourselves in if that makes sense yeah that makes so, sense that really this is, segues okay. beautifully into july i'm just gonna say <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah no, um it is truly seeing the gifts and the hidden being open to receiving yeah. them and to understanding that they're going to come out of unexpected places yes yes and sometimes it's not going to be where you expect it. Mm -hmm. It'll be small things. Mm -hmm. Anybody who kind of had like mediumship and stuff like that and, and works in the paranormal and the supernatural, the, the messages and the things that happen are never really big shows. It's not like Hollywood. You don't see a ghost and, and this loud music comes, violence come in and it, everyone screams. It's always these, you're doing the dishes and something comes past you. Right. And it makes you kind of question whether or not you saw it, right? right? It's that mundane and that like every day that you're like, did I really see that? So that's what these, these little miracles are gonna be. They're not gonna be big hits over the head. These are gonna be super subtle things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, going into July, I want to kind of talk about what I was blowing off before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hit me with it. So this year marks the Pluto return for the United States of America. So what this means, like if you have a birth chart and saturn comes around three times in your life and saturn likes to say are you really doing what you want to do with your life are you on the right track happens about the time you're 28 to 30 happens again around <laughs> 58 to 60 and then usually slaps you one more time towards the end of your life in your 90s okay what we never get as people are pluto pluto never does this to us because we don't live mm -hmm. 164 years right but this year is the year Pluto is going to do that in what we would consider the birth chart for the United States. And there are astrologers out there that have predictions about this. And I don't necessarily fall under that category. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that being said, I also don't think it's not anything. Right. So I'm not saying it's going to be extreme. I'm not going to say it's going to be nothing. It could very well be something in between. 
But what happens is Pluto is going to hit this point on the chart for the United States uh, several times throughout the year. Um, but one of these big ones is going to take place on July 1st. And so, you know, that that throws kind of a monkey wrench into July a little bit. And I want, I'm anxious to see what card Sophie gets for this. Mm-hmm. But as I kind of read through, let's talk about what the overall energy is for the month. And okay. just to start off with, right, we're moving out of Gemini now, we're moving into Cancer, and we've got the Sun, the Mercury, and Venus all spending time in that emotional water sign of Cancer. That really makes us want to be with family, celebrate with family, right? This is weddings and reunions and social events and all these fun things. And even mm-hmm. 4th of July celebrations, which have kind of been tamped down the last few years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got all of these great feelings coming about. We want to be with our family. And then we've got Mercury um, leaving Aries and moving into peaceful Taurus. So our communication is going to be just a little bit slower and a little bit more loving. And so, you know, all of this makes just for really great atmosphere for social plans and festivities. Mm -hmm. But here's where the caution lights kind of come up, right? We've got the first two days of July with some of the most, I would I hesitate to say dangerous, but challenging aspects. So we've got Impatient and angry Mars in its sign of Aries. And it's going to be making a square, which is a angry angle. <laughs> we'll just call it. It's They're pulling against yeah. each other. They don't understand yeah. each other. They're not excited about each other. Um, it's making a square with Pluto. And Pluto is in Capricorn. So we've got action in this fiery energy we've got pluto in capricorn that's like we got to follow the rules and we got to have lessons and then what happens is mercury gets tangled up in there too kind of increasing our chances for some errors and misunderstandings so there's some there's some interesting energy the 13th also has a full moon that is going to be right on top of or conjunct with Pluto and Venus is going to be squaring Neptune. So this is a really a point where kind of logic gets thrown out the window (laughs) and emotions may kind of take over. So July is a mixed bag and I don't want to say stay in your house and don't go anywhere and you know, I we're going to have gonna ask you that. troops on the ground and it's the end of the United States as we know it. I'm not, I'm just not going to go there because I, I don't believe that's realistic. Is something going to happen? It's entirely possible. Is nothing going to happen? That's probably more possible. Yeah. But this is also an election year. This is also COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, there's mm-hmm. so many other things at play. That who knows? I I was thinking about this the other night before we even recorded because this is such a touchy subject for me. And I was thinking back to the founding of the nation and really how the most difficult times were the times leading up to forming it. That once it was formed, that was that was the beauty, that was the freedom, that was the excitement. And so to have our Pluto come back to that almost makes it feel like we've um we've survived it right and maybe we're revisiting why we formed our country the way we did and why things are working and not working 
And so I had not seen it as a death and rebirth of a nation, but a death and a rebirth of what do we value? What do we want this country to be? What direction are we going? So that's my two cents about Pluto in the United States. <laughs> I was hoping you would say it would be on the 4th of July and then a big group of spaceships come down and Will Smith gets an army together and then Bill Paxton gives an inspiring speech and then we all have Independence Day. I was hoping that was what would happen. You know, it is it's, in July. <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'm okay with that then. <laughs> At least we live in Colorado. We're close to the mountain. NORAD. Where NORAD, right? We'll just yeah, run we'll over just and go in the mountain. Go in the mountain. It'll be fine. They'll save us. You know, Will Smith is working out again. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. You know. <laughs> All right. All right. What did you so, get? First of all, I want to quickly touch on the Pluto and the death and how it symbolizes death because I don't want people to get really, this is something that is very triggering to people and we've uh-huh. been seeing a lot of physical death um, and and fears about that is is very real right now, right. you know? Um, and so in the terms of tarot, when we pull a death card, it means that we are clearing out what doesn't serve us anymore to -hmm. make room for blessings and abundance that needs that room to exist. So the death card most definitely is actually one of my favorite cards because it means that we're going to get to the place where we want to go. So um, Pluto return is, sounds scary, right? But I honestly think that it might be like, okay, so let's take that famous um, quote where the death of a caterpillar is the birth of a butterfly, right? right, right. What the caterpillar calls death is birth to the butterfly. Mm-hmm. So possibly Pluto return could symbolize something more. And I'm going to say this because this kind of uh, I had a hit on this while you were talking, where it may not be a death to all people, you know, death, and I'm not talking like death, like dying, but I'm talking like belief systems, like we talked about with the lover's card is, do I really, does this really serve what I love? Is this belief system fitting what I love? Is this right. belief system who I am? Right. So I'm thinking since the lover's card is more of a personal card of um, relationships, it's going to be a lot of these maybe more, again, more subtle things where maybe um, it's interpersonal where you feel like stuff is ending, but in reality, it's going to bring new stuff in individually, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's not going to affect the masses. I do. Do I think Independence Day is really going to happen? Do I think, well, Neptune is in Pisces, so we don't know, <laughs> but... <laughs> Anything's possible. But anything's possible. But I, I don't think it's going to be on a mass scale. I think it's going to be a lot of smaller things, and it's not going to affect people the same way. Right. It's this gonna, isn't going to be for everybody across the board. I do not think so, no. Because yeah. any other kind of, um, as we've seen, those of us who were born, I was born in the 80s, so I'm like 40 now. But those of us have gone through Y2K and the the Mayan calendar ending and, and even the like rapture we earlier 
HIV? How many comets right. have been supposed to come and wipe us out? And right. yeah, it's an oh, opportunity. I always think of the death card as an opportunity. And partly because I think of the death card being associated with winter solstice and the idea yes. of the rebirth of the sun. And you mm-hmm. can't have spring without winter. Yes. Yes. And you can't, you cannot appreciate the sunlight if you've never gone in the darkness of night, you know, that kind right. of stuff. Right. That's how really, I feel the change is going to come yeah. about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the okay. card I drew for this for July is the queen of cups, Ooh. which is our queen of, of Neptunian creative stuff. I don't, it's cups is all about water. Cups is all about dreams. So in this card, this card is really interesting because it has a queen on her throne, this very elaborate throne, and she's on the shore in the pebbles and the rocks and the water is lapping up to her feet. And in her hand, she has one of the most beautiful ornate cups that in the tarot she has created. But she creates it by merging her emotions and creative force with her consciousness. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it is. Um, so this card symbolizes that the joining of consciousness to your heart. So this may be the time when we start asking ourselves: Does this stuff fit me? Does this stuff fit with my family? Is this how I want to live the rest of my life? But this is where we might be starting to integrate the emotions with what our mind and our beliefs are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is like the queen of creativity, the uh, of light. Um, she, let's see. So the vision, um, I'm going to read a little bit from this book where I'm taking some of it. And it's an amazing book, highly recommend by Rachel Pollack, The 78 Degrees of Wisdom, A Tarot Journey of Self-Awareness. So, and can you, we can just link this in your- Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes for sure. Perfect, perfect. So her meaning is um, she knows what she wants and she will take the steps necessary to get it. Yet she acts always with awareness of love. So- Love is guiding her to get what she wants, but she knows that in order to do that, there has to be this um, this merging of both her emotions and her consciousness. Um, I'm going to read the reverse because it's interesting that how July is separated. And so the reverse seems to kind of play upon, especially that Mars energy, mm-hmm. where um, the, the the unity of vision and action is like broken. Um, we see that energy of being ambitious, but it's dangerous um, because it's not a, it's not coming from empathy and from the heart. It's coming from um, more of a, how do I say this? More of a kind of like cutthroat, kind of like be the best, kind of that kind of energy. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, love is lost. Um, and the and personal success is lost too because there's something else that she wants more. Um, basically becoming, a, basically not having the balance between our consciousness and our emotions. 
So it kind of makes, puts us in this position where we're trying to regain that balance, but in ways that are not healthy for us. Does that make sense? I think that fits the month perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a lot of, it says depravity. And I feel like that would mean like, like kind of like a hunger Mm -hmm. to get something. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, I want to say the word ravenous, because I feel that way with the Aries and Mars energy is very like that ravenous energy of like, we have to get something done. We have to do this. We have to go farther. We have to go bigger. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes where, where the creative forces start becoming out of control and kind of kamikazing out of the, you know what I mean? Like, out of the atmosphere because it's it's like um it's uncontrollable it's like when um what movie reference do I want to use this time um (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's like Gollum basically like Gollum you know like he has this very precious thing and it's driven him to the point where he's not even human anymore you know right this is lord of the rings the guy who has lord of the rings yes yeah yes and so and then we see it when frodo and the other hobbits take the ring and they start becoming less human and they start losing their empathy and they start losing touch with what makes them human and their humanity so i think we're really going to see people struggling with that and struggling with um trying to bring that back into balance this year and you see it I mean you see that a lot on social media yeah (laughs) Yeah. so that could be like maybe kind of a wake-up call for a few people not all people but some yeah I I would agree I think it is going to be an interesting month but we're gonna have so much cancer influence which is family and that feeling of I was gonna mention love and why the fee I mean it's all about what I feel 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 (laughs) that's exactly what I forgot to mention with the queen of cups is that her husband is known for like um like being the ruler of like an outer civilization society but she is known for ruling the family the home (laughs) so total cancer energy um for everybody so like she is the matriarch if that makes sense so that energy is definitely there for july interesting yeah i have to wait and see how that all plays out yes (laughs) all right august comes in a little bit of a mixed bag as well but i would say not maybe quite as all over the place um i just i just I just drew my, you can hear me when I draw my cards because I might exclaim. <laughs> I can't wait to see for you to see this card. So if the audience hears me go, oh my God, what? Oh, what? That's me pulling a card. So sorry. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Starting on August 1st, we've got sort of, again, Mars. We've got that rash kind of aggressive Mars. It's going to meet up with unpredictable and explosive Uranus in the heavens. Yeah, that could be a little fiery. Um, But then follow the next day on the second with kind of a day of grace. So where we won't have these extended periods of craziness, it's just going to kind of hit once in a while with a crazy day. Um, Leo is really going to take center stage this month, right? So we've moved out of that cancer energy. We're coming into Leo, which is courage and standing true to who you are, but also being willing to be seen for it too. Um, that playfulness, all of those energies we were talking about. So we're going to have the sun 
Mercury and Venus all spending time in that fixed fire sign. Now, fixed fire signs can be a little bit stubborn. They don't necessarily like to be told what to do. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting just to see how that plays mm-hmm. out. Now, we do have some retrograde planets uh, this month. Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Pluto are all going to be retrograde as we start the month. And then Uranus is going to join them on the 24th, bringing the total up to five. Now, these are outer planets. These are not what we consider personal planets. They aren't going to affect our immediate communication and that sort of thing, but they are going to slow things down. This happens every year about Mm -hmm. this time. Um, And I think a lot of us feel it. It's kind of that dog day of summer feeling where everything just kind of slows down and drags on and takes a little bit longer. The days feel longer. Everything feels a little more drawn out. (laughs) And so we're going to have all of that. Um, But, you know, lean into that energy too, because that's sort of that summer break we get like we do in the winter where we can slow down and review and decide what's worked through the summer and how we want to prepare for the fall and what does our harvest look like and all of those things. So it's, it's not a bad month. Um, The biggest sort of trouble day, I would say again, is kind of the first and then the big one on the 26th where we've got... Venus is in a huge tension with Uranus. So our love and values are coming up against rebellion and change. (laughs) And then we've got the sun at the same time, square Mars. (laughs) And they're, they're both going to be in, you know, Leo and Virgo and just, yeah, it's a lot of, it's going to be some fiery energy there on the 26th. So that is, my astrological report, Miss Sophie, tell me what card you gasped over. <laughs> Chills. Chills again. <laughs> I got the king. I got the king of cups this time. The king. We just talked about him. That is exactly the energy of this month. Right after the queen. So we have our queen first, then we have the king of cups. So the king of cups is interesting, and it's really interesting that it's Leo, and it's really interesting that there's a big, like, big thing at the end with the sun and yeah, and the Mars, big said, square, yeah. square. So the king of cups is kind of about um, persona and identity. So the king of cups sits on a throne. He is away from the water. He does have a fish swimming behind him, which symbolizes um, any like Piscean stuff, like creativity, stuff like cups is all about love, creativity, the arts. Um, But he sits kind of uncomfortable, like in his chair and he's kind of floating on this cement slab in the water. So it's not very comfortable. He doesn't feel relaxed. Like the queen was, had a more relaxed pose. She was gazing at her cup. He's kind of just holding it. Mm -hmm. And he also holds his scepter in his other hand, which symbolizes that his creative outlets are associated with his power. So with the king of cups, one thing we have to remember is that although he is a ruler and the master of the you know, the master card of the suit of cups. He, um, he doesn't feel comfortable in his position. 
he doesn't feel as comfortable as a queen does in um, merging the, his persona with his creative talents, with love, with his emotions. Mm-hmm. There's always this facade, which is all about Leos. This facade <laughs> you have to maintain because you are the ruler, you are the leader. So that facade needs to be maintained. So there's no time for the pursuits you really want to pursue because you're busy with society and maintaining this persona um one thing that's interesting with this is in regards to the arts and things of that kind of nature is that it does symbolize success achievement mastery um, maturity in works like that um we might see and the arts is everything in writing literature music things like that stuff that are more creative which i think is a big theme this year with the lovers and so much artistic energy yeah yeah and that is also with um you know science too Mm -hmm. because um one thing is that a lot of the start of scientific and things that we wouldn't associate with the arts comes from a creative idea mm-hmm. ideas are creative in their nature so that's what that's what it's kind of talking about now reverse this card is a little bit interesting which is why i want to touch on on the reversed um for the end of the month because um when the king of wands is reversed um he can use his talents for corruption or vice um also to like in the book, um, Rachel Pollock talks about how swindlers can um, use creativity. As we all know, we've been phone scammed 5,000 times and they get more and more creative. Uh, even in the, in the mediumship world with them stealing um, identities and yeah. then posing as, a, I mean, that was creative as hell. It sucks. I'm not for it at all. I don't agree with it. But how the hell did they figure that out? Right. I don't know. You know, right. is it that can you use, you know, with great power comes great responsibility again, the Spider-Man quote. So it's it could be in the fact where maintaining a persona can mm-hmm. lead us into those more negative aspects of the card which is using our power to and and our clout and our our facade and our creativity for more negative things so that's something that we all have to be aware of at the end at the end of the month um that it could really hinder growth it could really be something we're seeing i'm not so sure again i'm not so sure how big of a scale this is going to be whether this is going to be all of society or if this is just going to be this weird interpersonal thing where some people are going to see the positive side and some people are going to be in the negative side well and it's interesting because the full moon on the 11th is actually in square with uranus so intention right the full moon is going to be intention Mm -hmm. with rebellion and change so it is that opportunity to kind of Mm -hmm. yeah who's the fool (laughs) right right yeah yes Mm -hmm. oh wow okay uh september uh September is definitely a slowdown, right? So we've got five, the big five in retrograde, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and a sixth planet gets added to the list on the ninth when Mercury starts its next retrograde. And 
you know, retro Mercury is all about um, the details and the fine print and Jupiter mm-hmm. being in retrograde is kind of the big picture. So this is just really a time where you need to slow down, pay extra attention and kind of take it easy over those three weeks. That's yeah. going to be my biggest my biggest um, piece of advice. Now, Venus is going to move into Virgo on the 4th, and Virgo is very Ooh. practical. So yes. it's kind of nice to have that um, love and money and values, right, moving into the sign mm-hmm. that wants to kind of keep it in check. But it also is going to feel a little restricted. So it may be this time where you um, – you don't always get what you want is literally the song yes. that's playing in my head, but you get what you need. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Um, Labor day looks good. There's a little bit of wacky energy, but really it's, it's not bad. The energy is going to build again towards the end of the month, but with everything in retrograde, it's going to be a little bit slower, a little bit more introspective. This is a time where we're all going to go back. You know, kids are going back to school. We're going back to work after having fun in the summer. It's just kind of a time to slow down, get life reorganized a little bit. And really that's what the stars are all helping us to do that month. So that is, that's the, the most of it. So tarot is the same way. So you got their 10 of cups. So in the Ten of Cups, there's a rainbow stretched across the sky, and in the rainbow are the Ten Cups. There is a a woman and a man holding their hands up, um, looking at the rainbow in in awe, and then two children play down below who seem to not notice the rainbow with the cups in it at all. And then there's like a little uh, like stream and like a little... I think that's a house. There's a little house in the background. So this card represents, again, domestic, exactly what you said, domestic. And I can't believe you just said, like, we go back to school, because that's exactly what I'm, this is a card where you find pleasure and joy in the mundaneness of life. And with Virgo, that would probably be with routines. Absolutely. And September is when we start getting back into school, when we start doing routines again, um, the downside about this is that some people may may be feeling like this routines are hindering mm-hmm. that not appreciative of it bored with it um not understanding that this time is actually probably going to be a gift yes. especially from all the stuff that we've been going through absolutely S- sometimes and, and this is coming from me as a parent i know not everybody's a parent, but there are sometimes when mundaneness and routine after having chaos for a while, like holidays or family vacations, is like such a blessing to get back into that role again where you start eating better, you start sleeping better, you start feeling yourself again. This would be a good time to start, especially with Virgo, to start getting back on track, getting routines in, start setting it, setting yourself up before the holidays to really carry that into the next few months. And I think too, it's important to remember that even when we feel like we're going back into a routine, it doesn't last forever. (laughs) Like there's going to be another holiday, there's going to be another break, but to just sort of soak in the mundaneness, I think that's perfect. (laughs) Yes. Can I also talk to you about one other thing that this card Yes, of course, of course. Which is very interesting. Um, This card also represents that life isn't just about... um, 
like the absence of pain, but it's about happiness and finding happiness. Hmm. So happiness isn't the absence of pain. It's something mm-hmm. totally different. So because we're not feeling stressed out, that's not the goal. The goal is to find true happiness in these in these moments of where like maybe you're having fun with your kids or maybe you are taking long walks with your dog or you get to, you know, have a quiet day, a cup of tea with a friend. These are the kind of things that we're looking for in September, not just the fact that we didn't have a crisis today. Does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it was a good day. There was no crisis. I didn't see anything bad on the internet. I don't feel like we're doomed. It's (laughs) like I actually had a really good day with a friend. I shut my phone off. I took myself out of these situations and really tried to find my own personal happiness this month. So yes, that's what I'm going to say about that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. October. Um, a little bit more edgy this month. Um, we have been in a pattern for the last year, and it's going to continue until tw- into 2023, where we have these really ugly, <laughs> I call them ugly, um, <laughs> it's this energy, okay, it's called a square. So it's the idea of tension and misunderstanding. And this is between conservative Saturn and liberal Uranus. And this is hitting, again, we just had one in December. We had one last, um, was it June or July? We're having a few of them. Um, For us in December, I think our biggest lesson with this one was the resurgent of um, the new variant and kind of realizing that we just when we think we've mastered something and maybe figured out COVID, we haven't. Mm-hmm. It shifts right out from underneath mm-hmm. us. Okay, so we've got that energy coming up again in October. Um, that's going to be on the 4th. But that energy kind of remains for the whole month, essentially. It takes a little bit longer to get over it. And really, that's the same energy as all of 2021 because we had that so many times in 2021. So you know, power failures, droughts, um, that sort of thing is something to keep in mind, especially in the heat of the end of the summer. Are we going to have anything coming up? Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but it will be interesting. I think October, end of September, 1st of October is going to be interesting. Now, Mercury is going to be out of retrograde um, and moves into Virgo on October 2nd. It's going to... Um, kind of be in a beautiful energy, a trine with Pluto and opposite Neptune. So there's a little bit of confusion here at the end of retrograde. It may take a few extra days for that energy to kind of fizzle out. It's going to feel like the retrograde gets one extra kick there at the end. And again, this is all like the first week of October. Um, The second big event is that Mars is going to go retrograde. And I kind of think it's the most difficult retrograde, honestly, because it's that feeling of where we want to go. We want to move forward. We got that action and then it gets slammed and sort of stopped. So it begins on October 30th in Gemini. It ends um, in eight degrees of Gemini in January. So this starts at the end of October and is going to last all the way until mid-January 2023. Despite all of that, um, 
Venus is going to be in Libra from the 1st to the 23rd. Venus is at home in Libra. So this is all sorts of love and beauty and um, taking care of ourselves and trying to understand one another. I think that's going to be a really beautiful energy. Um, we also have our next solar eclipse in um, new moon in Scorpio on the 25th. Interestingly enough, this is at the end of the month when we get a little bit more of the Scorpio energy. We get some of that thinning of the veil that we talk about Ooh, as impasse and yeah. intuitives and to have an eclipse at this time too. You know, eclipses always bring fast change. They're like a Mm-hmm. A secret doorway where you can take a shortcut sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know last year in October, it kind of kicked my butt. So it'll be interesting to see what it does on this because we're in that Taurus yeah. Scorpio axis. So is yeah. this um, sort of the underbelly and hidden things coming into view? Is this, you know, are we going to have food shortages or what does right. the harvest look like? Are we going to, I think, you know, it's entirely possible we have maybe some listeria come up again in lettuce farming and are we going to have to mm-hmm. review how we're harvesting and saving food through the winter? I don't know. All of those things are going to kind of come into play at some point, but that is my astrological prediction for October. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So while you were talking, uh, I was told to pull two cards for this month which is interesting. So the first card I pulled was a page of pentacles, which is a young man with a mountain scene behind him. And he's holding a pentacle in his hands. And he's like gazing at it, like in awe and wonder, and just really enthralled with the beauty of this pentacle. Mm -hmm. And then I pulled the king of swords, (laughs) who is very much, um, he's, it's interesting enough. So he's a king holding a sword, just tilted to the side. Um, He's sitting on his throne and he's looking out towards the the viewer, which is interesting because there are only two other cards who do that. And one is the emperor, which Mm. as we talked about before, was very much the the matriarchal, serious, uh, rules, regulations, no, no funny business type of person, and um, the other one was the bees. Can you find them? Find a picture of them. Justice, which is also about um, having uh, just basically everything, having this. Um, well, it's justice, having the scales be balanced, fairness, um, truth, very much truth. So this sword, uh, the King of Swords is all about truth, um, no funny business, um, you know, really getting to the point intellectually of where we wanna go. Um, social justice with this card is mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. Um, which is some, a, a theme that we've been seeing. Laws, intellectual honesty, the need to put knowledge into practice and um, master of wisdom and recognize and hold on to the truth. So with these two cards, what I'm getting is with our, the um, there's gonna be kind of like a tension between what needs to be done, what we know society and what our practices need to do, what the truth is 
being honest with ourselves and then but we also have this energy of like this awe which is also around spooky season mystical Mm -hmm. awe like um inspiring really like into how we feel about things so there's gonna be this kind of power struggle between in October which I think you kind of represented with the planet with planets as well where that those those squares basically they're gonna be pulling against each other what the what creativity and what the lover's card and what Neptune and Pisces all bring but then also this like like rip back into reality every now and then where we're shot back into this place of like oh we've got work to do you know we can't we can't just be dreamers and we can't just be inspired all the time we actually have to make these ideas come to fruition so we can move forward so october which completely leads into november (gasps) okay um it's kind of a wild and woolly month I would say. Okay. Um, okay, so we've got Mars still in retrograde all the way through. It's in retrograde in Gemini. And Gemini is about communication. And this is election. This is literally a war of words coming in around the election. Oh, you froze. It's a war of words coming in around the election. Yes. And... I think that's exactly where you were picking up that energy of we can think that we've moved forward, but then we're going to get hit with, you know, did we all vote? Did we, is someone coming out of the polls saying ridiculous things? And just what is that energy really going to look like in November? Um, We know we do get some good hits because we're going to have the sun and Venus and Mercury are all going to be moving into Sagittarius, which is that fire sign. It's going to want us to take action. It wants us to take action Mm -hmm. for the betterment of society. Sagittarius is, you know, much more um, extra (laughs) about society and about getting out and exploring. Um, That being said, we've still got this retrograde though with Mars and you know, it's just going to be an interesting month. I think we will kind of get a reality check is what I would call it. Um, That being said, sort of some days to watch out for, I would say Mars is going to um, be in tension with Neptune. So again, this action is going to come up against our dreams and our ideals. And this action is actually going backwards, right? It's in retrograde. So that feeling of getting a slap of reality in the face that comes up on the 19th and might even kind of lower our energy level a little bit. And then uh, again on the, towards the end of the month, the 29th Mercury it's coming up against Mars. And so you could have some mixed communication, but it may play out to your benefit. It just kind of depends on, on where you're at. So the only other big hit that day, uh, that month, is the 8th when we have our lunar eclipse and full moon sitting exactly <laughs> on Uranus. So eccentric wow. and rebellious. So pay extra attention Ooh. to just kind of what goes on around the elections is what I'm going to say is coming up big time for November. All right. So... Your reading matches perfectly with my card because I pulled the chariot, which is number seven. 
So the chariot is number seven in the major arcana and it has a Roman warrior up top. Um, he is in his chariot after a victory and two sphinxes are carrying him. A black and white sphinx, and well, a black sphinx and a white sphinx. They're sitting at his chariot as the the things that kind of drive him forward. The chariot is an interesting card. It, on the surface, it symbolizes a victory or a winning. But if you look deeper into the card, it's like a false, a facade, hmm. and it's not. It's not the final victory because it's only number seven in the majors. There are 22 majors and the majors are looked at as a story that we go through as you do your tarot reading. So the chariot would be one of many battles that you would go through, but not the final one. It would be like as if um, a page or a knight maybe had a win and then thought they were like king but it's not really that way you know like they have the dragon to slay next or you have this to slay next so um, the interesting thing about this chariot card is I pulled this the last election <laughs> I specifically remember this card being pulled and I think I have my notes on it too so um <laughs> The reason of the chariot is all about um, ego. Mm -hmm. It's all about personality. Mm -hmm. It's all about um, someone controlling a situation through their personality. Um, it could indicate a situation that contains contradictions and that are, and I'm, I'm gonna say this to hypocrisies, but that it's held under control, but barely. Because uh, the, the chariot is also something that is not a permanent structure, do you know what I mean? In the chariot card, it's facing us. Mm -hmm. So in reality, it almost looks like it's a, a prop or a fake chariot. Because you can't so, see the back, you don't, yeah, you just see the fake facade. And then you also have two sphinxes sitting there and everyone knows that the sphinx doesn't isn't gonna carry this chariot or ride it they just are sitting there as decorative kind of things too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or maybe as clout is what i'm gonna say also so um there is a success so what i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say about this and what i think think is gonna happen and is that there is going to be some outcome to the election, but that it's only going to be a facade because the true issues and the true things are not going to be fixed with this election. Yeah, It's going to be the first of many um, like facade type of things until we really, as a society, address everything that we need to do um, for us to fix um, where we need to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So the chariot is, is my election card, I guess now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pull the chariot? It must be November and the election. Okay. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I think that is, um, profoundly true because there's nothing I think what's so interesting about 2020 is we saw how fast something can come in and make us change and so now there's almost a hunger for change to happen yes. that fast again yes. and what we're sort of coming and being told with 2022 is to come to 
terms with the fact that it's not going to happen that fast again. That that was mm-hmm. a moment and we need to assess what we love and what we value in order to make the small battles and the small changes. So, yeah, yeah. So perfect. All right. Again, you ready? again it's not going to be Independence Day again. Right. <laughs> this major, uh, this, this whole year is about subtleties. It's not going to be these big giant things that happen. Will you Smith know, is not coming the, to your house. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Hopefully Bill Paxton will give us an inspiring speech, maybe for the elections. We'll that would be great. But it would be great, you know, but we definitely need, it's definitely going to be quieter, quieter movements. All right. This is it. This is December of next year. Okay. And um, yeah, I think November is going to sober us up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And December, hopefully, I want it to be a little more Christmassy next year than it was this year. <laughs> what we've got, we've still, of course, got Mars in retrograde. And it is going to be interesting because our actions and motivations are just going to be continue to be slowed down and maybe a little bit frustrated. Yeah. We've got a lot of Capricorn energy coming in, though. In December, we're going to have the Sun, Venus, Mercury, Pluto, and a new moon all in Capricorn energy and Capricorn oh. is, you know, just wants us to kind of get practical. <laughs> um, Jupiter, which has been flying through Pisces all year and making us feel all of this wonderful expansive mm-hmm. artistic energy is going to enter Aries, the fire oh. sign on December 20th. Yeah. And one thing that's really interesting about this is that it's only going to be in Aries for a really short term. It's only going to be in Aries from December 20th until about mid-May of 2023. So it's just a really short burst of fiery energy, but it's going to come into play starting in December. Um, I think it's a really good time when it does hit to sort of plant seeds and initiate new plans. And maybe this is sort of seen some of the freedom from COVID or who knows what this is going to look like in a year, but it's going to be an opportunity for us to make some big, exciting jumps forward, I think. And the kind of catch on the month comes later when we've got Mercury again going retrograde in Capricorn. It doesn't start until the 29th, so it will usher in again next year, um, sort of that slow window, but it lasts until about January 12th. Um, so yeah, not a terrible month. I think we've got a new moon that's going to kind of be feisty with Mars at the beginning of the month and, you know, a little bit of Neptune coming into play, um, also at the first of the month, but really once we get past about the 12th or so things kind of pick up and it's not too bad. So I think it'll be a good cap to the end of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, after sort of our sobering wake up call that's going to hit in November, I think we'll have an opportunity to heal and hopefully have a, a quiet holiday. Okay. So I pulled two cards again. <laughs> I just want to, I was curious and, I, and something was like, okay. So the first card I pulled was the 10 of ones and mm. which is totally your sobering moment, which is a guy who's trying to carry 10 wands across and is struggling and just really having a hard time. So the 10 of wands indicates that there is um, uh, lots of 
issues, lots of problems, lots of things. So again, the chariot was a facade. So then now here comes like, okay, now what do we need to do? But I also pulled the emperor as the next card, which means, so what I'm gonna gathering, the emperor is like our knight of swords. He's sitting on a throne with two ram's heads, the ram's, so we get that Mars energy again, Emperor is really Mars energy with a staff and a crown and he's looking over his empire, right? Mm-hmm. Emperor again is all about rules, um, like uh, laws, getting down to business, being serious, taking, like working, you know? Um, so at Capricorn, definitely Capricorn energy. Um, but I really think that what we're gonna find is we're gonna find those sobering moments of, okay, now what? Or what now after the elections? Mm-hmm. And we're going to see a bunch of things that we're going to have to do. And the emperor is there to be like, okay, let's usher the new year by getting down to business. We're going to have to, we're going to see, I think a lot more, we're going to see the government at the end of the year again. Mm-hmm. The government and laws and regulations are going to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, also on a personal level with, um, let me go to, let's do Powers of 10 and we'll squeeze in. If you guys remember Powers of 10, it was an old show, um, but you kind of will go micro and we'll look inwards instead of macro going out. So if we take this to a personal level, the 10 of wands is all the burdens and things that we know we need to change. So the whole year we've been deciding what we needed to do, what we needed to um, accomplish. And with that, we're going to start realizing that all of the burdens that we carry are not necessary. We're going to be able to take some of the burdens off of us that a lot of them are self-imposed and we need to pull them and get them and really just carry what we need to help us grow. Um, Wands are fire energy too. And that's where the emperor is going to come in with that analytical side and be like, do you really need this? this? You don't really need this. Um, let's look at this more in a practical way and how this is serving you as opposed to the emotional way. So, mm-hmm. and the next year after this is the seven year, which mm-hmm. is strength, which is strength. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We're going to need the strength to make the changes that we dreamed up this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're finding out what our heart desires. And now we're going to go into, we're going to find the strength and the um, courage to pursue what our heart desires next the in 2023 yeah yeah I'm super excited about 2022 (laughs) now I was yeah before this chat I was dreading it in some ways (laughs) Uh, but I do think it's going to be an interesting year you know like I was going to talk about a little bit too with the node shifting um we've got the Taurus Scorpio node coming into play we're just leaving behind Gemini and Sagittarius which was all about communication versus learning so the idea of talking before maybe you knew what the truth was (laughs) yeah and Taurus is going to have us really looking into this money versus power um and Mm -hmm. also I think there's going to be some really big agriculture things that are going to come into play this year how we are really sustainable is what we're doing sustainable and looking at native plants and 
Yeah, I just think it's gonna be interesting. Somebody had mentioned, and this was on a different podcast, I did not come up with this, but they were talking about how a lot of our placements this year are similar to um, kind of the time around Victory Gardens and World War II and kind oh, of tightening yes. our bootstraps and, yeah. and kind of looking at um, legacy gardens. And, you know, if you plant things this year, maybe you plant them because you want a really rare and special tomato, not because you need mm-hmm. basic tomatoes. You're going to plant an heirloom because it hasn't been grown in forever. And yeah, that's yeah. the artistic and sort of that dream element that's the coming into play with force. Pisces this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so our sourdough breads are going to look badass this year. <laughs> <laughs> with all of our heirloom tomatoes. It's going to yeah. be amazing. We're going to get creative this time. Hey, Emily, real quick. My, my computer's going to die. Can I just oh, grab yeah. my charger real quick? Yeah, 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 I just yeah. don't want it to cut off. Hold up. eight weeks so I'm super sore I regret it (laughs) I ate some cookies and I'm like oh my legs hurt (sighs) yeah yes so I I totally agree with you I I really think the lover's card is such a great card because I really think it is positive mm-hmm. more than negative. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to be a lot of introspective. I'm seeing this like on a macro level to some extent, but a big part of the work is going to be individual. Yeah. Really individual stuff. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's going to come from being in our homes more again for a little while here at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what the weather is going to do. Right. But yeah, I had, really. I had seen somewhere that the weather's supposed to be a little more uh, aggressive next year. Is what yeah, is that with the Uranus, Uranus mm-hmm. coming in? Yep, it's gonna. You know, we've got a really strange El Nino this year, which has left us with the longest we've ever gone without snow. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see with. So mi- Okay. With Gemini and sort of the retrogrades coming in, um, are we going to have some big wind events again? We've already had one yeah. <laughs> where you and I live not too long ago. You know, as we've had tornadoes now that are going into December, which is new. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting enough that you mentioned the Victory Gardens, but maybe this would be a good year for you for people to start thinking about um, home gardens, canning things that you could do at home to kind of be more sustainable in times of, you know, harsh weather or blackouts or stuff like that. Right. So that kind of stuff might be something that would be good for everybody to kind of look into, especially with all the earth, a lot of pentacles, which is a lot of like um, fortune 
uh, materials, you know, very earthbound stuff. Like, and we don't know what our supply chains are going to look like. Right. We, right. You know, it, we're used to getting blueberries any time of the year, and maybe that's not going to happen anymore. Right, <laughs> maybe we need right. to look at what's grown in our own neck of the woods right. seasonally that's, and be more in tune. Yeah, and that's something that is very that's something especially with tourists and agriculture too is maybe looking more into um like you said what's in season eating with the seasons as opposed to being like a watermelon in december you know (laughs) (laughs) which tastes really bad anyways they do don't buy them yeah don't buy them please they're really yucky (laughs) well thank you sophie for doing this with me this was you're welcome so much fun and i will put all of the contact information for miss sophie and signal of spirit in the show notes so you can check out her fabulous artwork you can get a tarot reading from her you can message her on instagram because she posts some of the best stuff i usually end up (laughs) swiping it anyway But thank you, Sophie, and we will, I'm sure, have you on again in in the middle of the year at some point to check in. But I hope you guys all have a fabulous 2022, and thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Things That Make You Go Woo. You can help me out by leaving a positive rating and a review wherever you downloaded this episode. Be sure and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Emily and Her Stars. You can also reach out via email anytime, emilyandherstars at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Things That Make You Go Woo.